Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shadowpoint and the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Amon Kusro. How are we doing today, Amon? Doing well, Jesse. Pretty excited to get back into the swing of things. I think after my honeymoon and the holidays, I hadn't really played a game of Shatterpoint in nearly two months. So to get back and join these leagues online and play some games, it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah, right into the fire, jumping right into the leagues and obviously starting Adepticon prep as well. So a lot of games in your future, I imagine. Indeed. I'm trying to plan more local stuff and more local games because I think... Some of the local play not only is a blast, but it's going to be good at Epticon Prep as well. I'm just happy we have the digital leagues at all. And that's the topic we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about getting back into the game, trying new stuff, some recent battle reports, and discussions that pop up around that. But before we do that, we have some people to thank. Absolutely. Hello there is supported by Mr-Laser.Square.Site, your resource for everything Star Wars Shatterpoint. You should definitely check out Mr. Laser for his already great discounted prices. And if you use the code hello there 5 you get an additional 5% off. We've got a ton of releases coming out the corner. We've got some updated information. For example, Hondo is coming out in April. So get your pre-orders in, save some money, and get them on time. Absolutely. Perfect time to do it before they launch out, right? Just get that with Mr. Laser order situated. Of course, hello there is also affiliated with Imperial Terrain. The number one resource for everything Star Wars Shatterpoint and Star Wars Legion Terrain. You can use the code Hello There Five to get five percent off your digital orders with Imperial Terrain. And we highly recommend you do, because there's with all the events coming out this year and everything kind of in full swing for the game, you're gonna need different terrain to support your local communities and your tournaments. So start printing today. Use our code Hello There Five. Hello There also is supported by our patrons, and our patrons support us at Patreon.com/slash Hello There Cast. We take this time to thank all of our patrons and appreciate their support. And we have four new patrons, Kyle and Philip at the Padawan Acolyte tier. And we have Nevin and Caden at the Jedi Knight and Sith Warrior tier. Thank you to all four of you for your support and joining the family. Should I say the syndicate? We're pretty excited for you to uh, chat in the Discord. We appreciate you guys so much. And we have a lot of goals for this year and going to help us achieve those goals. And yeah, if you've been on the fence about the Patreon, I mean, it's a way to get access to our private Discord community our private digital leagues, and also a behind-the-scenes look at a lot of things and a bonus feed of the podcast. So definitely check out those tiers. We also take this time to shout out our producers that get a shout out every episode, starting with our producer, Bounty Hunter Brady, and our ultimate producers, Sith Emperor Kevin, Grandmaster Griffin, and Daimyo Matt. All right, Amon, let's get right into our main topic today. Talking about our recent games, starting with you, Amon, what have you been trying? Anything new or maybe getting back on something you've been off for a while? So speaking of jumping into the fire, I thought I'd jump straight into the proverbial forest, if you will, and really get into that Ewok lifestyle that we've been talking about lately on the podcast. I love it. I've done a little bit of this myself, so I'm curious to see what we've kind of found separate from each other about the Ewoks from our games. Yeah, it's quite fascinating. So I ended up playing in the West League for the online league. I ended up pairing up against one of our patrons, actually, Soup. And Soup did really well in the league previously, so shout out to him. And he's not going to Adepticon, so he was like, hey, I'm not going to Adepticon. I'm down to just play something fun. And I was like, great. So I thought, what perfect time then to try the Ewok. So I brought Chirpa, Paplu, Trappers, Hunters, Wicket, and Logre. right? Unfortunately, 
I think Soup and I have different definitions of fun <laughs> because <laughs> I get CAD, Vader 2, and some other stuff. It was still a good game. It was fun. And we just start playing the game. And I quickly realized that Ewoks have the ability, like an insane amount of ability to, as we talked about in our episode, get kind of all over the board. Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged stick, if you will, in their case, in that they also can't really take a punch, especially the supporting units, right? We talk about in Shatterpoint, supporting units are generally have the biggest target on their back because they are so easy to take down, especially when opposing primaries get in the mix. So I think that became a factor and I thought that was very, the whole experience I thought was quite enlightening because it kind of reconfirmed a lot of suspicions and then made me think about things in different ways. I think my biggest takeaway from that match, and it's more of an extended takeaway, is Chief Chirpa is an absolute beat stick. He's scary. He's scary. My man wounded Vader 2 twice by himself. Man, the lore on that, that's wild. The lore on that is wild. Now, Vader 2 did do a lot of damage, right? Like he took out three, four units himself, but it was cool because Chirpa was like, you're attacking my people? Nah, I don't care what you look like. I'm coming at you. And we mentioned in our previous episode that Bolotos could be used as a great finisher. So there was this really interesting sequence of events where a coordinated fire pinned off the hunters. Chirpa has a pin on his tree, which dealt an extra damage. And then Vader was left on one. I had done 11 damage. And then he was like, oh, you know, it's like left him on one. And I was like, actually, I'm just going to bola toss you. (laughs) (laughs) And then we both kind of chuckled about it just because it's a great visual. So I think that was very cool. I really like Lil Gray. He is very, very flimsy and that my man can go down very quick. But the defensive bonuses and the offense bonus stacking was cool. I wasn't really impressed with the identities. Like it's cool again. And like we mentioned on the podcast where we spoke about these boxes in particular, can't really plan for it. So there was many situations where I was hoping for one of the role and I got the opposite. And then there were a couple of situations as well where I got what I wanted and it felt great. But I really tried to temper my expectations going into the game thinking, well, I probably shouldn't you know, get too caught up on that. And I, I really tried not to, which was great. But then I started thinking about the game. I ended up losing the game, actually, just 2-0. I didn't win a single struggle. And I attribute that to a little bit of aggressiveness with the Ewoks because I was really just trying to surge and mob those points. And then, of course, Cad and Vader are very good at taking advantage of units that are out of position or maybe too far ahead. And so I think that's what happened a lot. Django also is an eternal demon to me because not so fast and things like that are not fun when you have, you know, it's really nice when your Ewoks like on four defense dice, they're like, yes, I have two health left. You know, I made it. And then Django's like, not so fast. Pew. So it, it was interesting. And then I think it was a really cool strategy. What Soup was trying to do where it was Vader do a lot of damage, but then not take people yep. out so you can keep recycling yep. Vader and then Cad and Django can finish them off, which was very interesting. It's weird how much synergy Cad has with that new Vader with his you cannot hide forever because you have perfect information of what you're doing on your tree. You could stop at a certain point as Amon said and you could do Cad's shot at them, put Vader back in the deck because Vader didn't get the kill, right? Or even Cad just teeing him up and then Vader comes back and then you get a, a force back so Cad can do that again, right? So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with that list. I think it's a really cool list we're probably going to see more of in the future. Yeah, I, I certainly think it's it's very cool and the synergies, as you explained, were very, very interesting. And you can put out a lot of damage, which I think is unfortunately the weakness of the Ewoks is they can kind of get mobbed back, countercharged. 
So after the game, obviously had a wonderful chat with Soup. Very nice guy. Love him. Very great player as well. And then I kind of thought about it a bit more, as you do in random moments of the day after. And I realized that I probably think I prefer Leia over Chirpa when I'm going for the fully walk synergy because Chirpa, while is again a very impressive beat stick and can really, you know, go down a flank and kind of own it, he doesn't have much movement. And it's also he's not really augmenting his fellow Ewoks to move outside of giving everyone plus dice. And then we talk about often, Jesse and I mentioned many times now, where you really want to be able to always in your activation take a point back or maybe flip two or more points, right? And I don't think Chirpa ever allowed me to do that. Whereas everyone else I felt like I was playing with did. So I probably think Leia is the next best option. And I'm curious to try out R2-D2 and 3PO because I think they can do some cool things as well instead of Papalu, who I was unimpressed with Papalu as well. Very interesting. All good points, Simon. I've experienced some of this stuff in my games too. I think the biggest thing I've been learning with Chirpa that I learned the other day in my league game when I was playing against someone who played Ewoks very well because something didn't come up in my Ewok games before that as much. His mobilize the village ability when he's not wounded, other allied Ewok units within four add one dice to their attack rolls. It actually says units. It doesn't say characters. So you can do this interesting thing where you can be like, oh, one of the trappers is in range of chirp, but the other one's not. But they're both getting buffed dice, right? This turn. Right. So they can put out a lot of output, but that's really all he does. He does output. My biggest issue with Chirpa, and I'm sure you're insinuating this with Leia too, is he just doesn't have any support abilities, really, other than fighting for his team, right? So, and being a beat stick. So I played a Ewok game the other day, and what won me the game was Low Gray because I activated Low Gray four times in the game, twice with this card, because we got through the deck two times, and twice with Shatterpoint, because Low Gray's inspiring presence is absolutely amazing, because it's global. All Ewok warriors can remove damage or condition and get a hunger, and every Ewok scout gets a dash. That is so much guaranteed plays, right? So a lot of, I think, Chirpa's power is that he's a powerful singular piece, but guaranteed plays are guaranteed plays, right? So if Low Gray just keeps Shatterpointing and going... And you just keep moving Ewoks back on points and stuff and just scoring out. That's been my experience so far. And I think that's compounded with Leia, like you're saying, because Leia can also move herself or Ewoks, right, on during her turn as well. Because they're counting as rebels. Correct. Yeah. So all the points you made is exactly I wasn't even insinuating. That's exactly what I was saying. So I'm glad that we are on the same page there. I think what makes Leia so much more interesting to me is two things. Infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So tactics ability, she can make any rebel alliance or Ewok character advance, which is awesome. And you're not really losing much in terms of the identity because while Chirpus gives you some interesting options when you get wounded, your yeah. opponent can control that, right? And so I kind of had it as a wash anyways because I, I can't control it myself, the identity, right? So I would happily trade it for someone who can just advance one of my Ewok characters. And then Leia has a dash herself through defensive maneuver, which is great. And then the coordinate fire expose is awesome. That's pretty good for all these Ewoks, right? With their frequency of attacks. Yeah, I mean, because you've got tactical networks and stuff, too, for the Ewoks under low gray. So I think Leia is worth aggressively pursuing if you're really into the Ewoks path. But I think Chirpa is, too, especially if you want that fun thematic path. And maybe we're all just kind of scratching the surface of Chirpa because he's kind of like an aggro Ahsoka, right? Like maybe there's certain play patterns with him that require a little bit more practice and time will tell. But I think Leia is just the guaranteed play, like we're saying. So I'll forget that explosive charge, too, Amon. I mean, the amount of damage and or displacement that can do the potential of that is very cool that leia has speaking of r2 and 3po they were in my opponent's list the other day instead of pop and they gave some early game scale which was very cool 
to these Ewoks that could dash with defensive maneuvers for the Ewoks. And they also, R2's tree, he's got shoves right at the front. <laughs> that matters, you know? There's a really cool moment in our game where Archie just walked over, double shove Padawan Ahsoka off a point, you know? <laughs> like, no big deal. So I think there's play for R2 and 3PO as well. But once again, they're super fragile. And I think it's safe to say out of this entire Ewok box, they're probably going to take the most reps to figure out because they're a fragile support piece that has two stances, which is just our first of in the game. So there's just a lot of things to learn with them. True. I don't know if they're more fragile than Papalu. Mm, that's fair. He could get very unlucky. You're right. With his expertise. As in he rolls a lot of it. I don't know if, again, like he just sat on a point. It might be just one of those order deck giveth, order deck taketh type of situations. And, but even in, you know, another game I played very recently, like Paplu and Chirpa, Chirpa again just wounds stuff. And that is a form of taking points back, objectives back. But again, Paplu just kind of didn't really do anything, to be honest. Mm. So I think I'm committed to Leia, the droids, and seeing where we go from there. Yeah, notice we're not saying anything about Wicked and Low Grey leaving the list because they are core pieces of the list. <laughs> Wicked and Low Grey. Wicked being kind of the side point holder that he is and Low Grey being the support machine. Yeah, very cool stuff, Amon. I, I really think this list has got legs. Like we said in our episodes, it's going to require a lot of work to get good at this list and it's so easy to miss triggers. There's so many things on every Ewoks card and you can miss one thing, right? Every so often, it's just going to happen. You're going to miss them. And that's something to keep in mind while you play it. No, absolutely. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in one of my other games. So Jesse, tell us about your experience with whatever you've been playing lately. Sure. So in the recent months, I've been playing some new things and some things I've played a lot of. So going back a little bit, played in a local tournament. It was a three-round tournament. Played Mother Mall on the table for the first time ever. And it felt real good. Come on. <laughs> so it was Mother's Box in whole, including Savage, and then Mall with Bo-Katan Kree's and the Super Mandos. And that list does stuff. That list has displacement. It has damage. It has answers. No surprises here, especially to Amon, who's played way more of this list than me. But I do love that at the end of the day, that list kind of always has outs, especially if you're moving Savage correctly, as in moving him without his turn, right? <laughs> Which is very mm -hmm. cool. You can move him so many times. Very common to move him. Yeah, and just get him up, get him on points, and then and then you can go later and later in a round with mother or maul to get guaranteed displacement, guaranteed point swings. You know, the the all powerful maul play is always like the the force speed, the displace somebody, the throw your saber, reposition to another point. All of a sudden, you swing two or three points potentially on the map. Very powerful. And playing mother on the table is just a blast. I mean, I think she's one of the best sculpts in the game. I think she's an amazing miniature. Had a lot of fun with that. I only played that for a tournament, and then I went back to some Republic tried and true stuff. So after that, I went back to finally got my Obi-Wan painted, as in my General Kenobi. And so I can actually start playing pure Republic lists on the table. And I've been playing Obi Mace on the table a lot, and I've been playing Plo online a lot. And Obi Mace continues to be great. I've just come to this point with Mace where you just got to let go of a pod. You just got to like not think about it, not even do it half the time, most of the time, excuse me, not even half the time. That's yeah. In this list in particular, the Obi Mace list, you've got to use Mace as this steadfast with the hunker to get a dash back with Obi-Wan immovable object, right? He's kind of like a super Savage in that way. I just mentioned how Savage can do that in the last matchup. And his Jedi Master stance is so defensive and so good outside of exposes and or Django, which I know are prevalent in the game right now Jango or Maul pulling him Mace is pretty awesome in that list he's pretty impenetrable he's holding the spot right so right I think I continue to struggle with Mace lately especially with more releases coming out in the game 
because Pons just continues to feel like a dead activation, when Pons doesn't make it like more than a step or two down his tree, you have a hard time with his turn because he can't defensive maneuver. So he sometimes he can't even get to places he needs to go. And that's the toughest part of the mace list, I think, is working around pawns and not getting too attached to a pod. So I continue to have success with mace. This is not like a this is not like a, a sad discussion or anything. It's more maces bring support for the team with his bubble and staying on a point less than he's doing a lot. And then you've just got to be ready to let pawns not do stuff and frequently in those games with mace you'll get pawns in a late struggle and it's really kills you and you're just like you know oh, what? Yeah. i i have to reserve pawns and i have to fish for something better because i could just lose the game if i go with pawns right now and i think that's the nature of the design of the character and mace bring you only six points to build with but yeah i think maybe with Wolfpack coming out and stuff this list will change but it's a really fun list you know people see mace and they think beat stick but mace obi it's really just like a hardcore control list if you're playing it correctly, I think. It's really fun to once you get dug in. So but that pawns activation can really can really scare you sometimes in that list. A thousand percent. I think pawns to me in the most polite terms feels like a liability often. And while I think he can do some cool things, it is a tax that you pay for Mace and, and you're right. Mace oftentimes, you know, feels like someone who's gonna go in and this party's over and, you know, take heads and do stuff. And I guess he can do that. But I think the best mace I've seen played and the win rate is focusing on Jedi Master and just getting that bubble, him being a force battery, things like that, which is interesting because that's not how you view mace as a character. But, you know, again, he was a general and the Jedi army or sorry, not the Jedi army, but the grand army of the Republic, which kind of feels like the Jedi army. So might have been a Freudian slip there. But that's where they went wrong for sure. That is indeed where they went wrong. But yeah, that's cool. So that's a tried and true combo for you. Both of those, I suppose, or at least for us on this cast. But sounds like you're playing both sides of the force here. For sure. And it's good to get Mace Obi on the table more because to be honest, as you guys know, I've played so much Mace. But most of my Mace games have been with Lumi or with Padme or something, right? They've not actually been with Obi. So to really dig into the Mace Obi fully has been really neat and really fun. Yeah, both sides of the force. I'm really trying them on. I mean, to be as well-rounded player as I can. I enjoy every list I've played in this game thus far, so I'm trying to cover all the bases. That's kind of where I've been lately. And then I mentioned Plo. With Plo's imminent release, you guys know he's going to be in most of my lists. So, <laughs> And he has been for some time. Uh, Plo, they're episode three. I played Plo like all throughout that tournament and you know i've started playing him in pickup games and stuff again lately with him coming out we are talking about him very soon on the show Amon, but i'm also testing out the wolf pack now that we finally have their card yeah and i'd love to hear your your thoughts on the wolf pack honestly but might be best to save that for our box episode 100 i'll say the my biggest takeaway so far is just that eight health matters and i like that eight health on a clone for the first time ever is very exciting eight health matters right <laughs> on very cool. Well, I also played another game recently where awesome. I was impressed with the way that the Ewoks were moving, but I ultimately think that maybe Separatists can just do it a little bit better because they have the staying power. In regards to like stamina? Yes. Yes. And you know, you're not losing much on defensive dice, if I'm being completely honest. So I just played the Dooku and Grievous box, as is, against Plo and General Obi-Wan Kenobi. Running both Barris and Ahsoka, this was for our Hello There League that oh, nice. kicked off. So it was round one. And my opponent was Justin, great player, really nice guy. And we just had a pretty solid back and forth. And ultimately, it felt like I was just, you know, I haven't dabbled too much in Separatists. Like I've played them before. I played against them a lot. But after playing the Ewoks 
and just seeing, I suppose, the the matrix unfold in terms of the synergies, and then really putting that into practice and comparing the two, I just felt like there was a lot of striking similarities. I also, you know, Dooku and Sherpa felt like outside of maybe a couple attacks, they're not doing really much. But the strength of both of their identities is when your units get wounded. But Dooku's is obviously so much more impactful, right? Sure. Django, obviously, we talk about him all the time. He's a very solid piece. And it was interesting because I actually think that I like B1s over B2s. And that might be blasphemy. That could be something we chat about. But whoa. And maybe it just could be recency bias. But I just felt sure. like I rolled a lot of expertise throughout the whole game. Like there were many ra- roles where I was like for expertise. You know? So just damage from the B2s. And B2s, so that just it. was like, that's cool. But I'm not really getting anything out of it. Right. And, you know, They've got the shoves, which are nice. The shove is awesome. And if you compare them to the B1s, they've got eight health with protection versus B1s with nine health. So arguably the same thing. Some arguably. Yeah. And then it's better, but yeah, it is. And then they're also four, three on defense. Yeah. But what I really like about the B1 battle joys is maybe instead of taking grievous crack and B2s, you take grievous kalani b1s sure and then you get kalani online with his crit pistol and he's moving everybody and then i think they synergize really well with grievous because they can give out strains and or exposes after their attacks which i think is really good because of combat ai protocols which makes it to where you can tee up magnas grievous Django, and dooku to really hit hard when they want to hit hard which i really like also when you're reserving them through, I guess I'm in charge now, you can really manipulate that to force some better draws if you're really looking for those draws, especially in later struggles where things are getting tight and every draw matters. And they do get protection when they're contesting an active objective. So it actually isn't much of a wash there because you really want that protection because you're always going to be on an active objective. Now, the downside is the lack of shoves. And that is something important. So that's something I'll have to really think about but i think with kalani giving the extra dice and the exposes that they're handing out i think it might be a better pairing with grievous maybe mm. would love to hear your thoughts listener if you yeah. have strong thoughts yeah the b2s do a ton of damage but they've got to do it from range right and i feel like the b1s are more just like scoring pieces so i don't think there's really anything like you said they're not that different curious what listeners have experienced as well obviously if you can afford it you probably take the b2s as in if you still get colony in your list because then everybody's just online because the b2s are rolling more dice the magnas are rolling more dice that's the craziest part of colony is when the magnas roll more dice it just seems it's like awesome seems like you're cheating in the game straight up it just feels like it so yeah, yeah. so a lot of separatists return to separatists for you amon never a return no more so a exploration of things that i usually don't play so ewoks separatists been theory crafting some plow lists as well so i think there's a lot of opportunity there i don't want to just rely on the stuff that i've been playing on you know you mentioned earlier about working on being a, a better well-rounded player i know that i can win a lot of games with talzin maul or maul lumi mandos certainly but yeah or vader x primary exactly vader. but i i that played a know. lot of that in the beginning because i just happened to gravitate towards that stuff okay it happened to be really good I know how to play it. And I think part of my excitement in this current moment of the game is exploring new things and trying things that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. And so while I did miss a lot of my triggers, 
with my separatists. I think it's important, even if I don't like separatists from a long-term perspective, to understand when those triggers happen, because when I play against separatists, I can plan for that, right? Yeah, absolutely well said. And I don't think they're going away, right? No. I think they're one of the best just generalized grouping of models in the game. I think they're one of the best groupings of models you can just buy and plug and play and start playing and doing well at events if you learn them. And I also think they're very fun. I mean, I've played a lot of separatists as well, Amon. Interesting part is, you know, are you focused on Grievous? Are you focused on Dooku? Or are you focused, are you want a little, little bit of both like you were doing? There's so many options. It's crazy how well Dooku and Grievous pair with other pr- random primaries. They're just that solid with separatist shell around it. So I completely agree. Being more rounded in that way. In regards to that, it's also going to prepare us better for Adepticon because you and I discussed on this very show, we're participating in every event that we possibly can at at Adepticon. And per the rules documents, we have to play different lists every event, right? Correct. We can't just rock the same thing the whole time per the frenemy rules, per the best buds affiliation rules, per the premier event per the team format. So I think we're also going to be better prepared for Adepticon in that way. And can't hurt playing playing Dooku because you will see him in events. (laughs) Let's say that. (laughs) I think Dooku is one of those guys that's never going to go away for good reason. He's really well designed in this game. I think he is very well designed. And yeah, it's separate. not going anywhere. I think Dooku and Grievous might be two of the best boxes. Yeah. Straight out the box. I agree. Well, keeping that thought going, seems like we've had a lot of Ewoks come up because I played Ewoks in round one of the Lothar League as well. So shout out to Sky Guy, who I played game one. Great Star Wars name. And he was playing both Ewoks. And I ended up playing my, I, I guess the one that I've played for a long time now, Vader Plo, which is one of my favorite lists to play, where it's Vader 1, Plo, and then we have Rex, Padawan, Ahsoka, and Arfs, and then pick your clone of choice as the other slot. It's just all Republic. And I guess the most exciting part of this list and why it works so well, Rex and Padawan Ahsoka are the stars of the show in this list. That's been my experience where through Vader's identity and through what Plo can do, moving models on the map every time he goes or through his identity where he catches up to models. In my experience, makes Padawan Ahsoka and Rex really come online in in a unique way. And they just, I don't know. I think you mentioned it recently in a recent episode where you said, secondaries are quite frequently the crux of your list, right? In an interesting Mm -hmm. way in Shatterpoint. And in this list in particular, at least with the way I've built it and the way I play it, Padawan, Ahsoka, and Rex seem to be the stars. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool that you're playing both Padawan, Ahsoka, and Rex because oftentimes I feel like you're picking between the two. Yeah. But I really like both of those units, the fact that they can, they're so mobile, right? Ahsoka with her jumps, but then also her ability to move others. Rex just moving everybody. They both hit hard. They're both fairly defensible. I really like them both. And I've that's actually part of the one of the lists I've been thinking about trying out is Bader Plo with both of them as secondaries. Yeah. It's hard to find, I think, a second supporting unit after the ARFs. Yeah. And so I think you trying the wolf pack is super interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that list has a lot of legs. I think it can be really good. I think you really gotta push that identity of Vader's down Plo's throat to get those force pushes online consistently. Which can be really dangerous, right? For some of these Republic people taking damage, but you're right. They get to their shoves, they got to their shoves, right? Because of the Vader identity. The other cool part about Rex and Padawan Soka in this list, Mon, I think maybe the most powerful part of them being in the list is the 
getting ahead of yourself snips and the I'm always first kid, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, you have them with the respective clone squads, and you can quite frequently get two-point swings during your clone support's turns if you're playing it right, because what you can do is you can attack something and Rex does his I'm always first kid, probably shoves them off, right? And then you maybe move the clones somewhere else to score a different point with two bodies. And so Rex inadvertently won you a point, and the clones are winning another point. And the same goes for Padawan Ahsoka. What's really cool about her is if you get her to the midline, sometimes you don't see her for a while in the deck. That's okay. Cause with this identity, she can just get, she can keep moving up the board with this dash and the five dice attack. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's really fun as well because they're just consistent characters that shove. And so that's really neat. I've also played this list with Barris and had a lot of success as well, because we know how fun Barris is with the Jedi master around where she gets her buffed up dice and with the Vader identity where she has the option to give buffed up dice and just, reach that force push easier so it's kind of like you've got options with this list and i'm going to be testing them all and have been since hello there episode three when plo was first given to us by mg you know both sides of his cards respectively so gonna keep trying it i know you played it as well i think it's a really fun list and i've got a lot of thoughts on plo and we're going to continue to play him and learn about him but i just think at the end of the day his tactic is really good and that's almost worth it enough access to a tactic and a guaranteed force push but obviously, Plo's one of these Jedi Masters, and we we're going to learn this in the lore because he's such an accomplished duelist. You've got to get further in his tree, and when you get further in his tree, he gets to do amazing things. But Truly. you can't count on that. You can't count on that, though. No, you can't. It's very interesting. I like Plo a lot in the sense that Plo has some really high highs. Yes. But those lows are abysmal. Yeah, all the way to using his identity to maybe give a clone your Seresu expertise, and then for some reason your clone like fails out on their defense dice, right? And you're like, now Plo's exposed. Yeah, what that's what I literally do? happened in my game against Justin where he was like, I'm going to use my identity to protect Ahsoka. And then Ahsoka died a very, very brutal attack roll. And, and now Plo's exposed. Plo's was exposed. <laughs> that has happened more times than the good side of it for me. And I don't know what that is, but I think it's more his identity is a bonus his tactic is his identity. Yes. That's why I've been viewing him. Yes, I agree. I wish his identity did a bit more, but I think it is very thematic. Very thematic. Very cool. And, you know, we play a dice game. It's part of the fun of the game. So you take that risk sometimes. But I think the tougher part about Plo's identity is these Padawans and these clones don't roll a lot of defense dice to begin with. So it's hard to find those higher levels of expertise. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. It also might just win you a game sometimes. No, for sure. And I've seen that happen as well, where Plo really just defended someone really well. It's just inconsistent. Like, if it was they can use Plo's expertise and then they get, like, an extra dice or something. Sure, yeah. Or that would just help just something. a little bit. Yeah. Well, the coup de grace of the ability and what actually can win you the game is the second part, which is Plo's dash after the attack is resolved. Right. That can trip your opponent up because they're like, I'm going to kill Padawan Ahsoka and pulls, you know what? I'm going to dash up and I'm still scoring the point for my team. You didn't flip it. And they're like, wait, what just happened? You know, so that's actually been the best use of it for me. But that expose on plows is rough because he can go down very quickly with an expose. It's the same feeling you get when General Obi-Wan, you attack someone with a hunger token and they're <laughs> like, all right, I'm dashing up. And you're like, what have I done? Yeah. yeah. Very true. So, Amon, I thought it'd be fun to close out our episode with a discussion about the Hello There Episode 4 League that's in full swing. 
We've only gotten one round under our belts. You and I mentioned our games. My game against Sky Guy, who's playing Oliwax, fantastic opponent. Pleasure to play with your game against Justin. Are we seeing any characters popping up that look interesting? Things to discuss? Yeah, so we have 30 people in the league. Yep. Which is pretty exciting. And after the first round, if we're looking at taking a look at the advanced event statistics, it looks like the most games played were with no surprise, Dooku, Talzin, and Lord Maul with six, five, and four, respectively. There are a couple other fours as well, actually. Fader one, Luke, and Logre. Perfect place to try new stuff and perfect place to play good stuff, right? So not to say that new isn't good, but it's just new. Overall, out of the 15 games that were played, it looks like we had 18 different primaries, which is cool. That speaks well. I think so. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of red at the top and blue at the bottom, unfortunately, in terms <laughs> of the the rank stat here. But Tail is old as time. Tail yeah. is old as time. What's so interesting is Darth Vader Jedi Hunter has like a blue line because he's Republic. Yeah, of course. But I think the trends we're seeing right now is heavily favored by Dark Side, so Maul, Talzin, Vader's, and then Separatists. Okay, yeah. A lot of, that's why we have this high Dooku representation. Always fun to see the Grand Inquisitor. We have some of the best Grand Inquisitor players in the world in our leagues. Just look at the leaderboards. They're on the leaderboards and they're in our leagues. So I think you're playing one of them this week. Excellent. Perfect. And, and another one I play all the time. He's my dear friend Kyle, who's just been slamming Inquisitor since the beginning. And he's one of the highest ranked Inquisitors in the world. And these guys showing up. Very cool. But also, I was excited to see, seems like a lot of Luke. I'm on, not like a crazy amount, but like, the Luke pairings were fun that I saw that popped up. Yeah, the Luke pairings are very interesting. His box is kind of agnostic in that regard, right? Yeah, so Luke was taken four times this past week. He won three of his games. So Luke Dooku. Control. Luke Vader won. Damage. Yeah. Damage. <laughs> Luke Grand Inquisitor. Control. Yeah. And then the loss was Luke and Leia, unfortunately. I bet that was Luke and Leia and some Ewoks probably. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Luke just crushing it out the gate. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a combination of, you know, he's Luke. He's Luke. Yeah. Love him. He's the second most important character in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then we have some players who are very enthusiastic about playing him aggressively, which I think does well. And then he's new, so it's unfamiliarity as well, maybe to the opponent. What I find actually is more interesting, Jesse, is that in terms of the missions, they were both taken as equal as you can get in 15 games, eight and seven. Oh, very interesting. That's fun. To give full transparency and information to the listener here, Amon, we've chosen to make this league open, as all of our other leagues have been premier in some regard. And with that, I think people are choosing, people might jump back and forth, I assume. If they're jumping forth back and forth with their list, they might jump back and forth with their mission pack as well. But I'm very excited to see an even spread right out the gate, to be honest. I think so. Yeah. I think right now, round one losers in terms of win rate. Okay. Republic and Ewoks took a beating. How many mono Republic lists actually won round one? That's a great question. So I'm, if we I'm talking at, two Republic primaries, we're talking two Republic primaries. All righty. In terms of two Republic primaries, we had a Plo OB lo- loss. We had a Anakin Lumi loss. We had a Lumi Plo loss. We had a Obi-Wan Anakin loss. 
We did have a Plo Vader win, which was you. We had an Anakin Plo loss, and then we had an Ahsoka Mace win. So only two. Ahsoka Mace, that sounds awesome. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully that number changes for Republic going forward in our league, but still on trend with the data we've had in the game thus far. The Republic mains that play them a lot do well. Yeah, Jesse and I were talking about this in the pre-show. We genuinely believe that if you're really good with a certain list and you truly understand your matchups, you can win an event with truly any strike team. Absolutely. Pairing. It's really cool. You know, we've seen people do really well with Republic, Separatists, Darkseid, things like that. So it's very varied out there. Wouldn't be surprised if there was some guy who just really committed, or girl, to Ewoks and just really made it a big thing, right? But yeah, I think our league specifically has turned into a league that is super friendly, super kind, but people are here to do their best to win as well and arm themselves with that, with the best tools they think they have. But I also really appreciate the fact that we have some people who are like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to play Republic and they figure it out. And I, I think we've given a shout out to Nick A in the past. He's done really well in our leagues, always making the top cuts, just mono Republic. 100%. The opportunities are there. You just have to seize them, put in the work. I agree. So that's pretty telling stats though, round one and high representation of dark side. So I'm curious if this changes going forward at all. Come on, you know, it might. The interesting thing about playing online is that despite the fact that the releases haven't released yet, they have released because we're playing with them. Yeah. Right. So in a competitive tournament, I wouldn't say a competitive tournament, but like a, a league that is full of good players. Yes. Because the goal isn't always competitive. I mean, obviously there are people who want to do well and try to win. But I use our Hello There League as a great way to experiment and try stuff that I'm not necessarily comfortable with because I know that I'm going to play against someone who's a good quality player and they're going to force me to sink or swim with that list, right? For sure. Which I think is interesting. And a lot of the guys who do really well in our Hello There Leagues are doing really well in all the other leagues and their locals as well. So I'm really proud of our team, our extended family, if you will, in, in that they've just putting in the reps and I think it's a great opportunity where if you just want games, high quality games and more of them, you can check out our Discord and our Patreon. Absolutely. And maybe we can keep you guys updated as this league progresses along. We're going to be doing five weeks of this and then our top cut like normal. And I think we're going to see a lot of cool trends by the end of this, Amon, because this is the most primaries we've had in the game thus far. So this is the most open our league's ever been. Yeah. And it's an open format too. So if something arrives later... We get some cards in our hand of a new character model while the league's still going on. Someone could even play that if they really wanted to, time permitting. Speaking of arrivals, I was thinking about Adepticon. Yeah. It's coming up and how we had such an amazing Adepticon preview last year where they shared so much stuff to where a lot of that stuff hasn't even come out yet. And so obviously we've started the Rebels and I can't wait for a lot of the things that they previewed. I can't wait for General Han. I can't wait for... The Rebels crew. Yep. I can't wait for Iden. Can't wait oh, yeah. for Din. Mando. Din. Moff. And so we do have a pre order date for Din, Moff, and I think it was someone else. Bad Batch. Bad Batch for May. Presumably. Yeah, if those were those dates online were correct, right? Sure, yeah. I mean Asmodee's store dropped them and then removed them. So could be a change in plans, but I think it's really exciting. We've got Hondo in April, so I'm really curious what's in March. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. You know? 
I can't get over that Hondo's name on his boxes that it's like honest businessman. It's the best. <laughs> it's the greatest box. <laughs> it's the it's the greatest. It's the absolute greatest. And the fact that one of those guys in his box has a Camatono and the other guys are using Star Wars crates as cover, it just adds so much like flavor to that pirate theme, you know? Uh, they've got the package, they're they running out the loot. with it. Now they got the loot. They're getting out. Decide whether it's worth their life to run off with it or just run off and leave the treasure, right? It's good. Yeah. So what is March, Shimon? And maybe we'll learn that very soon, but maybe that's going to be an Epticon thing. And like you said, we will be covering this very show, that Sunday panel. I'm so excited about that Sunday panel. We were just talking about the Sun Fury's Finest because that's what AMG does every year now where they cover Marvel and Star Wars in full at this panel. And we get to, we actually get to be there this year, like at the panel. Well, I was there last year, but I know you were. We but I mean, us get to we, be as there. a unit, yes. As a unit. Speaking of unit, we're going to be mobbing deep at Adepticon. That's right. We've got a ton of Hello There patrons pulling up, showing up, and there may or may not be a day, wink, wink, cough, cough, where we're all rocking the same article of clothing. Whoa. <laughs> so be on the lookout for the Hello There mob coming to an Adepticon near you. Absolutely. Especially that open league in full swing. Adepticon, find one of us, be a good time. pick up a game, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm on. I'm excited. I think the most, the event I'm looking forward to the most is the team event. hundred percent. I think you and I both are right for yeah, a myriad of reasons. We're going to really try to crush that in every then, regard, in every regard. And then, yeah, frenemies and all those other events are cool. I still haven't decided if I'm playing in the main, main event yet. And sure. I do know that I have to make that decision soon as I should be able to give that spot to someone else. Yeah, because all these events it. are like capped. Yeah, yeah. I got lucky. I got all my stuff. But as I have alluded to and me- mentioned in the past, I've won the last two Adepticons for Warhammer Underworlds. So there is that desire to get that 3 P like MJ. That's true. 3 Pete's very big, but also... I know the struggle you're experiencing because it's a similar struggle I had with Marvel this year, but I leaned on Shatterpoint because it is the first major Shatterpoint event at Adepticon. So that's, that's what guided me on my decision, but not an easy decision to make, right? Too many no. good events. Too many good events. Too many good games, man. I feel like games, <laughs> it's just been hard, right? Like, yeah, I put MCP on the back burner. Obviously, I'm playing Shatterpoint and Underworlds. And then Old World just came out. Yeah. I'm just been going down this rabbit hole where like i've been spending a lot of my hobby time on that when i should be painting and building star wars shatterpoint stuff so i definitely got to get my priorities in order i've never asked you this Amon, so i'll ask you on mike what is typically your um hobbying journey for adepticon what do you do to get fully painted do you cram it in all the last second or no so okay. actually every adepticon i've gone to i've just had people paint my stuff for me mm, commission stuff yeah so yeah which is what i'm mainly doing for the Adepticon. so yeah, yeah, but I think after reviewing the amount of money I've spent on commission painting, yeah, I think it just makes sense to probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give. And so I just thought, I looked at it holistically and I said, hey, this seems a little irresponsible. And, you know, I, I think <laughs> I, I have the ability to paint. Yes, well at that, yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm just, I've seen your paint jobs. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just lazy. And so I think when it comes to my personal projects, I really, really want to be able to 
enjoy that part of the hobby. And I've always been jealous of other people who really gravitate to the hobby side of things. Because to me, the way that I approach gaming is I can either spend my limited time, as we both have, hobbying or gaming. I'm always going to pick gaming. I'm never going to pick hobbying unless I have to, right? If I want to play a game, I have to build the stuff. Sure. That is a necessary evil. But... (laughs) And and I say that with much jest because I do enjoy the hobby aspect of it. I literally have all the paints. Like I have the full Citadel collection. That's full, impressive. Uh, Tooth and Coats by Duncan Rhodes. I have the whole Vallejo collection. Like I, have a, I have a ton wow. of stuff, ton of AK paints. Like So I was thinking to myself, like, why am I paying all these people to paint my stuff when I'm literally still buying all this hobby material? I have a ton of drills, airbrushes. So I was just like, you know what? I need to sit down. And so what I've actually been using, and this might be a little bit of a divergent from Shadowpoint in general, but I think it's just a good tool to use is it's, it's like a clock system. Okay. So I, I, what I found is really effective to me is when I sit down, I'll set a timer. So 30 minutes, one hour, 45 minutes, you set it, and then you don't stop what you're doing till the timer goes off. And to me, that's been a really helpful trick. In fact, a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs use it. That's where I learned about it. And... That's been helping me with my hobby side. Okay. I give myself no more, no less. Mm. So that's going to be your method to finish the Shatterpoint models for Depticon to be fully painted and stuff? Yeah. I've been chugging along my Shatterpoint collection in terms of building. Yeah. Because outside of like four squads, I kind of just left them on sprues because I get most of my gaming online, unfortunately. Sure. But my goal is to build everything, throw it in those cases you see behind me. And then slowly work through them, obviously prioritizing the miniatures that I'll be playing at Adepticon and, you know, things that I think I will enjoy painting. Like I'm looking forward to building and painting those Ewoks because A, I think they will be quick wins, which will help build confidence. Yeah. But also I think it'll be, they'll look really great. And I'm actually going to start painting probably with the Ewoks because they're coming out soon. Yeah. So that should be fun. What about you? What's, you're just doing commission stuff? Well, because my time is insanely limited so what i do is the biggest thing is i pay people commission because of time is my number one thing that's what i do because i can paint okay but also i love this game so much and especially the primaries that i love and stuff those get sent to painters way higher than my caliber of course so my jedi stuff like that maul got sent to my commission guy for instance and then i'll pick up the slack it's typically how it goes I'm very blessed to have someone that has planned for this months in advance. They know that Adepticon's coming and they know roughly what I want to play. And I had to have some hard decisions with myself. We had the same discussion on the producer round table with Matt and Kevin, where it's like, okay, we have the documents now. Now it's really crunch time for not only our games, but what we really want to play. And I had to have some hard discussions with myself. Am I really going to play this or that? Right. And that might just need to be cut from the list due to time resources energy so that's the way i i landed and like i said i'm very lucky to have someone like dylan from the professional casual network who does my commission work for me and he has a similar system because he does a lot of commission stuff and he does his own models he plays several game systems like us as well tale as old as time his thing is he paints one to two hours a day no matter what no matter what and i think that's the number one way to get done because that's the only way i get stuff done because my i get little tiny windows of time around the dad life and stuff so i've been doing like 30 minutes a day of something, whether it be just basing or whatever, just get it going. So that's basically the route I'm going. And I'm very excited that my commission painter in particular has planned to 
have a gap available for Master Plo. You know, maybe not the yeah. Wolf Pack. Maybe there's not enough time for the Wolf Pack in particular, but Master Plo himself, guaranteed, right? So if there's like little paths you can have with your commission painters and yourself where you're like, my schedule's got to be a certain level. And I think that's the toughest thing too, Amon, is with the release schedule. I know that this release schedule's coming. And so I was like, well, I got to get as much done before that comes out as possible because then we're going to shift focus maybe to Plo or Ewoks and I'm not going to have time to do Dathomirians or whatever. So I made sure to get Dathomirians done, things like that. So because ideally we're flying to Adepticon to maximize our time with you guys there and, and our gaming time. But with that said, I'm going to bring so many models in the case, but I'm going to try to bring as many models as I possibly can because because of that leak, you can play whatever you want. So whatever I can bring that's painted, I'm going to bring. For sure. Yeah. And that's exciting. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did kind of cave a little bit and I reached out to Sir John the Ho, who yeah. that's his moniker on Instagram. A wonderful painter. As a frame of reference, he got gold in every category of the worthy last year and then won the worthy trophy, the giant statue of Odin, which is amazing. Yep. yep. And I was like, you know, should I get him to do my Darth Maul? Should I not? And I just decided to put my foot down and say, no, I'm not going to open that door for Shatterpoint because once I open it, I don't know if I can close it. Mm, well said. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's a good place to have restrictions like that. So for me, it's my light side stuff is getting done by my question guys. My dark side stuff is being done here, right? Stuff like that, where it's, I've chosen a route to go to spend the money and it's not easy. It's not easy, right? But I think another tough part too, and Amon knows this about me and you, I think you guys picked up on this as listeners too, but I like to play everything. I might have my favorites, but I like to jump around, enjoy the game in full. So though Empire might be the furthest down my hobby tier, when Empire is painted, I will play them and enjoy them, but they'll never be my home, I presume. Could be wrong, but I presume that. And I say that because I only like to play fully painted if I can, unless it's like a testing scenario and I just got to test something right for the show. So for instance, my Grand Inquisitor is not yet painted. I've still yet to play him on the table. I've played him online, right? So that's just the way I like to do stuff. And it's different person to person, but I always look at it like there's always a model I have that's painted that I maybe haven't played or played a ton of. And I can be like, grab that model, you know? And so for me recently, that was getting General Kenobi from my amazing commission painter and getting him on the table. I was like, I can actually play him on the table now all the way painted. And I'm going to do that and I'm going to give it a shot. So yeah, it's just where you want to get out of your hobby and what gives you the most enjoyment. True. hundred percent. And you guys know I'm always got a terrain project in the works where I always fit like 30 minutes of terrain work every other day or so. So that's always going to, but yeah, I just, it was an interesting question that came up because I was like, maybe the listener can find strategies for themselves off of some of our things, their own middle path, you know? Right. No, I think it's very exciting trying to figure out what works for you. And so I'm not going to lie to myself and say I'm going to hobby every day. But what I will do is that I'm going to try to find three to four blocks a week where I can commit 45 minutes to an hour. And who knows, if I get more and more into it and I start looking forward to it, then maybe I can try to make it like, maybe I wake up 30 minutes earlier. So maybe I have my you know, my caffeine and my breakfast earlier, or maybe I'll go run in the morning so that I, instead of working out in the afternoons, I can maybe do some hobbying, things like that. Absolutely. And you know, these time crunches help, right? Where you've got a major event coming up. You can almost build backwards mm. and say, I have this many days and I think I'm going to require this much for this many. And then you total that up, talk about your days, and then you create a schedule for yourself. You can do that too. A reverse I, timeline. I think that's a great way to do it. Especially if like, 
let's say you're in this position that we were just talking about, this hypothetical position where you really want to play Ewoks fully painted at Adepticon, right? Well, now you know that even if they arrive late on time, whatever it is, they're going to be your priority when they arrive. But is there something that needs to be done before they arrive? That's also a priority of yours, right? So there's layers to it. It's definitely a lot of forward thinking, I think, is the biggest thing. Yeah, you have to plan your projects for sure. Yeah, always a good goal, a noble thing to do, but it's very hard, as Amon said, because we get in patterns and, you know, get out of patterns quite often. And unfortunately, a big part of our hobby is scheduling time to hobby, to enjoy our hobby. Our number one hobby, which is for Amon and I personally, is the gaming part. True. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been a really fun discussion talking about our recent games, some kind of recent list interactions and discussions, and then continue our journey towards Adepticon and what's that looking like? Because we want you guys to be ready alongside us if you're going to Adepticon. And even if you're not going to Adepticon, we want you to live vicariously. And we hope we can give you some on-the-ground reporting post. Mm-hmm. So this this stuff is fun, Amon, especially where we can talk now in the present leading up to it. You know, It's, it's building the hype, too. Certainly, yeah. I think we're super excited. And I think the, all the events selling out immediately was a big sign that the game is popular, the game is exciting, and hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Couldn't agree more. Well, of course, we got to tell you guys the place you can find us online. Hello There is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Hello There patron by going to patreon.com slash hellothercast. Of course, that gives you instant access to our private Discord, private leagues, and a ton of other things. You can find us online on all the same place, at hellothercast. That's X, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. And if you need to email us, email us at hellothercast at gmail.com. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really means a lot. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify right now, if you could just thumb over and give us five stars, that would mean a lot. Absolutely. Big shout out to Low Fuel for making our show's music. It's a good one. You can find me and Amon in several spaces online. You can fi- follow me, Jesse, on X, Instagram, Longshanks, Discord. It's all the same thing, at Jesse Aiken, J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And check out my show, Furious Finest, about everything Marvel Crisis Protocol in the Marvel Universe. Amon, where can everyone find you? You can find me on most places in some variation of Amon or A Man Who Games. I also have a podcast called Path to Glory, which is the Warhammer Underworlds podcast. It focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. I happen to be the reigning world champ, so if you're interested in Warhammer Underworlds, we've got a great crew, some great thoughts, can help you get your game up. Check us out. Absolutely. Check them out. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this discussion, and you'll join us very soon when we return to our box discussions we got a big one coming up till next time may the force be with you so uncivilized <laughs>